Hey, here is Brother Dale of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. God bless you for tuning in. And remember the thing, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hey, I want to talk about something that we all must have to enter into the kingdom of God. And no one enters into the kingdom of God without this virtue and it is the virtue of faith and if anyone makes it into the kingdom of God if anybody is ever saved then they must exhibit faith in God him and him alone and when I say faith in God I'm talking about faith in the father faith in the son faith in the Holy Spirit That is how a person is truly saved, born again, regenerated. Okay, and the reason why I wanted to share this with you briefly is because I'm currently studying the book of Hebrews. And of course, when you land on chapter 11 of that book, you reach what a lot of people call the heroes of faith or the hall of faith because it describes those whom please God by their faith in him and what is faith by the way faith is trust faith is belief faith is confidence faith is reliance on something or something so in other words faith always has an object okay I'll say that again faith always always has an object so the question that you want to ask yourself those of you who are listening is what is the object of your faith what are you putting your trust in or who or whom are you putting your trust in today is it almighty God for the salvation of your soul and for the forgiveness of your sins so that you can inherit the kingdom of God and one day be into enter into eternal bliss and joy with your Savior and Lord Jesus Christ? Or is your faith misplaced? Is your faith in material things? Is your faith in gaining wealth? Is your faith in trying to gain fame or prestige? Or is your faith totally set on a promotion at your job? Or trying to get some type of world recognition is your faith in yourself. Because if if that's the case, then you don't have biblical faith. You have a you have a a demon faith. <laughs> if that um, you have a faith that cannot save, because the object of your faith is tragically misplaced. So what I want to do in the few minutes that I need to share with you is talk about some of the people who had a godly faith and that faith can only be granted by God. In other words, we don't acquire God faith or the God given faith by ourselves. It has to be given to us as a gift. You understand? Remember what Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine say it says, For by grace you are saved 
through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast so the faith that we have to believe on Jesus Christ for our salvation is indeed a gift is not something that we acquire or developed or cultivate on our own now once we exhibit faith for our salvation then our faith has to be something that is ongoing and should and has to grow and has to develop and gain strength and muscle because let's face it I mean our salvation is the beginning of our new life in Christ and our life as it marches on it's going to get more difficult it's going to get more pressing it's going to get there's going to be some some hard days ahead there's going to be some sad days ahead there's going to be some grievous days ahead I mean Jesus Christ himself promised us that in this life you will have tribulation and he also said be of good cheer I've overcome the world so our faith is going to be continually tested and once again as I said at the beginning of this podcast what is faith it's trust it's belief it's confidence it's reliance on someone or something and so I asked the question again who or what is the object of your faith make sure that your faith is placed in Jesus Christ not in anyone or anything else you understand me in other words faith for your salvation for your soul salvation for your eternal life has to be in him and him alone as he said in John chapter 14 verse 6 I am the way I am the truth and I am the life no man comes unto the father but by me so that's exclusive that's the one and only narrow way it's the only way for a soul to be saved now along with our faith the way, reason why we have to have faith is because we've been promised certain things and the prototypical person or the person that we would call the archetype of faith would be our father Abraham as a matter of fact those who are physical descendants of Abraham but do not exhibit the faith of Abraham really are not his children they're only his children from a bloodline from an ancestral point of view but if you don't exhibit the faith of Abraham you're not the true children of Abraham and I can prove that by reading the scripture which tells us that those of us who exhibit the faith of Abraham are his true true children so in order to do that I have to go over to the book of Romans and we need to read chapter 4 it says this I'll start with chapter uh, verse 1 rather of Romans chapter 4 it says what then shall we say was gained by Abraham our forefather according to the flesh for if Abraham was justified by works he has something to boast about but not before God verse 3 for what does the scripture say Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness that's very important I'm going to go to that in a moment now to the one who 
works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Now, Paul is recalling what David said in Psalm 32. Talks about how blessed is the man that God pardons his sins. Verse 9, is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness, and that phrase is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Verse 10 of Romans chapter 4, it says, How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness would be counted to to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Verse 13, For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no, trans- there is no transgression. Verse 16, That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. I actually read the entire uh, chapter of Romans 4, and it's talking about, once again, the faith of Abraham and those who exhibit that same Abrahamic faith is justified just like Abraham was justified. So the whole point of this is that in Initially, in Genesis chapter 12, God came to Abraham and told him to get away from his father's house, from his kindred, and go to a land that he would show him. And that land happened to end up being the land of Canaan, which is now what we call Israel. And God, of his own initiative, told Abraham, this is what I'm going to do for you. He says, I'm going to uh, make you a great nation. 
and the people that bless you I will bless and people that curse you I will curse and he said through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed so God in essence made Abraham an heir of the world not because Abraham deserved it or Abraham was more special than anybody else it's because God of his sovereign uninfluenced will and by his own initiative decided to do it but the point that I wanted to drive home is that the Bible says Abraham believed God in other words Abraham took God at his word now what's amazing about this is that Abraham in his lifetime did not see all the promises that God made to him fulfilled but he started to see those promises unfold in the sense that he he did have Isaac in other words he didn't die before Isaac was born I mean Isaac was born and and the Bible tells us that Abraham lived 75 years after that so he saw Isaac being born As a matter of fact he would have saw Isaac get married and also seen his grandchildren uh, Jacob and Esau be born before he died so he started to see very very in at least in a micro I guess in a microscopic way the promises of God made to him unfold and of course Isaac being the son of Abraham would have saw more of those promises because God reiterated the promises that he made to Abraham he reiterated those promises to Isaac and then when Jacob was born he reiterated those promises to Jacob so each one of them was starting to see the promises of God unfold in their lives and God will fulfill in full the promises of Abraham but he's doing it not through Abraham alone but through his descendants and so if you parallel what God promised Abraham versus what he promised us is that he promised us salvation and for those of us who have taken God at his word and have believed in the sacrificial atonement of Jesus Christ we've trusted that then the Bible declares us as saved so we have salvation residing in us now as a matter of fact I like what someone said and it is true it says salvation is our current possession and it's also our future destination you follow what I'm saying and the reason why I believe they said it like that is because we have experienced our initial salvation we're being preserved in salvation right now every day as we live and when we die we will receive the the final installment of our salvation meaning that we will receive our glorification and that means the redemption of our bodies our flesh will meet with our spirit and we will become immortal we will become incorruptible as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 so the promises that were made to Abraham are unfolding as we speak he saw them in I guess a microcosmic type of way he saw them start to unfold a little bit and as like I says as his descendants came and went God's promises start to unfold more and more and at at the end of time they will be completed and so the promises will be all reality and so the things that the Lord has promised us who are believers they are unfolding I mean the prophecies that he's made in other words the fact that we will one day live in God's house something that David looked forward to when he recited the 23rd Psalm 
Remember, he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that was a, a, a desire and a hope and a promise that David received. And he's dwelling in God's house now because he's now dead and he has transcended into glory. And so we can look at those promises that other people that have um, that predate us by by millennia and we can take refuge and we can take confidence and even more trust that we have a written codified account of those who have trusted God and have received the promises of God uh, to an extent. And so not everything that the Lord has promised us has been fulfilled, but it will be be fulfilled. And we can be confident that since God does not and cannot lie, will fulfill every promise that he has ever made to us. He's already saved us, those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are part of the body. So we know he has kept that word to save us and he will preserve us in our salvation. We will never lose it because if we can lose our salvation, then there's no such thing as eternal life. And so, and he will glorify us as he has promised. So let's exhibit Abrahamic faith or the faith of Abraham. Let's trust God and continue to trust God through our, even through our darkest days, through our hard times, so that at the end of our lives and at the end of time, we can experience in full all the promises of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Brother Dell of Gospel Repentance Ministries. Thank you for listening. Till next time.